Welcome to the Carpool Parenting Podcast, an outreach of the children's ministry of the Woodlands United Methodist Church, located in the Woodlands, Texas. The goal of the Carpool Parenting Podcast is to provide you, the listener, with relevant and meaningful content via experts from all over our immediate area and around the country. Greetings, I'm Reverend Chris McClain, Co-Director of Children's Ministries here at the Woodlands UMC. We sure are thankful that you're tuning in to the Carpool Parenting Podcast again today. And today, we are talking about learning differences. And today, our guest is Gail Fisher. Hey, Pastor. I'm so overwhelmed to be here. (laughs) Well, it's a joy to have you. Welcome to the Carpool. Super. which, Which, as you know, is our little hashtag around here. So, friends, Gail is an activist mom of an eighth grader with learning differences. She's an educator, author, advocate, ally, and learning differences consultant. And she's been living in in the spectrum now for about 11-plus years. She teaches non-credit workshops as an adjunct at Lone Star College System and Academy of Lifelong Learning on all campuses out in the community. She's a founder at gettingsorted.com. Friends, you want to go there and see what life is about? If you have someone in your life that has learning differences, you need to head over right now, today, right after you're done with this, to gettingsorted.com. She's uh, the founding co-facilitator for specialneedssibs.org and ourtrainingcenter.org. She participates on several teams of behavioral health and suicide prevention community task force and contributes to Autism's Moms Are Beautiful. Gail grew up on a working farm in Illinois, the oldest of five. You know, as an only child, I could tell that you were absolutely the <laughs> oldest. She then moved to Houston and worked 17 years in corporate America. But seeking her greatest purpose, she moved into education. As uh, She has earned uh, a Master of Education, EdTech, from Texas A&M, a BBA in Finance from University of Houston, and an AA in Pre-Engineering from Houston Community College. I'm already tired just thinking about it, Gail. <laughs> Um, she's also the author of a series of ebooks and publications about the world of learning differences. So truly, welcome to the carpool. We are so thankful that you are here. T- tell us anything else that you want to share with us today, just, just about you, about your sweet family. What else? Well, certainly I'm humbled and taught every day by the two kids that I got. And for any of us that are trying to help serve when you have skin in the game, <laughs> you got to stay in the game, right? Yes. You ain't going to win unless you stay in the game. <laughs> oh, you get love for it. You get hate for it. You get nothing if you wait for it. Wait That's for true. It. So. <laughs> so one of the things that I loved when first meeting you and your family was the independence that your young man shows, right? Like the thing is, is that he comes in and he is learning his way around, but he knows where to go and he feels empowered by that which is something that always really spoke to my spirit. So within the topic of neurodiversity, what interventions can families do to prepare their kiddos for a life of independence and maybe even a life of risk-taking? So let's take as an example when you taught confirmation. Oh, thank you. Yes, sixth graders. Right, Mm -hmm. so John was in sixth grade, and um, we could have taken the easy way and gone to a that you you have a there was a wonderful special needs ministry in this mm-hmm. church, yes, but from the beginning of John's diagnosis, it's always been what he's motivated by and intrinsically motivated motivated by has been other people, other kids, mm-hmm. right? So I wanted him to have that neurotypical peer modeling, 
All right. So that means we're going to go to Pastor McLean's class. We're going to hey, show up for confirmation. And so we had worked on the behaviors, trying to, and we showed up at the table where he knew some of his kiddos from school. And we didn't ask for anything easier on the, the membrane work, right? So I, we printed that up, a large font in the car, covered in plastic. Every time we're driving somewhere, we're working on another one of those passages. Mm-hmm, so anyway, he was one of the first kids at the table to get his work, work done. Yes. His memory work. Right? <laughs> so to, back to your question, it's what kind of a world is he going to have as an adult when I'm not here anymore? Mm-hmm. Thank you. So that's what we have to train him for. Yes. And this is a great time in history to have these kind of challenges, Pastor. You know, um, if you have to have them, this is a great time in history for the tools, for the appreciation of how the brain works, of, for the kindness of most people, right? For the f- acceptance. Mm-hmm. So... I would just say to, in any of the things I've written or the pod, I've been working on a lot of audio podcasts here. We're in the middle of COVID right now, right? Mm -hmm. And trying to document and and get get it set up so that people can find it um, in in your opening prayer. You said around the corner, around the world, but in five years. Yes. Yes. Thank you. So when I try to document anything, it's a wide trail of breadcrumbs for the kids who aren't even born yet. Mm -hmm. One out of five will have some kind of a learning difference. And if it's just as easy as ADHD, you know, I mean, that can still bring about developmental delay. So back to the risk-taking, you have to stop hiding and you have to realize that it's okay that the world knows you're different. Yes. And that the world looks at your kid in a different way because it can't be about us as parents. Mm, Thanks. Every time I make it about me, I'm in a bad place, mm. and I'm going to lose, and I'm not going to have any peace. I think we can all hear that. <laughs> That's the truth. Right. Yes. And there's a lot of funny stories I tell <laughs> in the workshops, but uh, time is scarce here, so we'll save that one. Uh, so I just would always encourage parents, caregivers, grandparents to um, to go out and try. Find out what your kid, grandkid, your, your neighbor, whoever you're working with, what do they want to do? So we want them to be intrinsically motivated. We want self-directed learning engaged, right? And so go out and try. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it won't always work, but if if I am okay with my face, so if if we've done if John's doing something really not um, not really not happy with, <laughs> and and I've heard him stomp up and down the hallways here at church, sure. And so I just try to keep a smile on my face, try to make sure it's not about me. And if someone comes by, I go, yeah, well, we just keep working on his social skills and smile. <laughs> yes. And they all go, yeah, yeah, good. Social skills. Get on him, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then I just, and I'll just stand there until he knows. And he, we've trained backward chaining right, on everything. Sure. He knows. He's just tested my boundaries. He's just checking <laughs> to see. Now, this is after years and years of, of practice, course, right? Of course. But he's just checking to see if I love him enough to hold the boundary. Yeah. They just, they, they want the security of that. So I just stand there and smile and wait. Man. And pretty soon he'll come back like, okay, <laughs> fine. Called my bluff, mom. Yes. So these are the stories that I do try to share in the, in the social media, in the workshops. You saw them, right? All the, that, the whole year that we spent with you in confirmation. Because mm-hmm. ultimately we're, we're like, it's this thing that, we, we may experience as, as parents or as guardians or even as folks that are leading a little discomfort for us, but the truth is, is that we're not experiencing a, um, a situation that is unsafe for our kiddos. Right. And so if we can be secure enough in ourselves and not let this, this, this image that we're trying to protect somehow, 
like lock our kiddos down, we have an opportunity to really see them grow and ultimately to see them flourish and blossom. And so is that fair? Yes. And in fact, you offered an opportunity to the class at Mm -hmm. Christmas. If you remember, you had the script and you ripped up, you know, you gave every kid a part. Mm -hmm. And for John's table, I remember, I will never forget this. I remember him standing up there. It was his turn at the microphone. And we had been working so hard on academics. So at the same time, there's acceptance, but you also got to, so if you can imagine, like make a, like a circle. And half of that circle is all of the insurance, time, energy, interventions that you can do to help support that kid. And then the other half of the circle is love them like they are. Ah, thank you. So you have to have an equilibrium, Mm -hmm. right? And so as we've been working so hard on academics for all these years, so he went, it was his turn and that microphone and that big old grin, maybe his diction wasn't perfect, Mm. but he read his parts. Yes. With the other kids. Mm -hmm. But he was a big, you know, big man (laughs) on campus there. Yes. Um, So when, when you see... Your child, your grandchild, the children that you're, maybe the kids in your class, um, that you're, anyone that you're trying to serve, when you see their eyes light up and you see what motivates them and what turns their heart and soul on, then we need more of that as long as it's in appropriate boundaries. Yes. As it fits into the learning community, as it fits classroom management style, right? Mm-hmm. And as you just said, if they're not perfect, is that okay with me? If John's not perfect and someone looks at John and says, boy, he's got a really bad mom. <laughs> I have to be okay with whatever that is. Do I have control over their opinion of me? No. Out don't. socially, do I know? No, we don't. And and friends, for those of y'all that are listening, just to let you know, when John read, we're talking in front of like 160 people. We're not talking in front of 13 peers. We're talking about a lot of people. Like it was a huge, huge win and a huge milestone. Also, look, that's that's wonderful. That's true. Wonderful insight for our families to hear. So let me ask this question. We're we're currently, like you you mentioned, we're about six months into COVID. Oh my goodness, in 2020. <laughs> what struggles have maybe you heard for children or for families that, you know, kind of have learning differences during this time? Because, you know, even when we think about our church family, like we haven't been together for six whole months in the way that we're used to doing church and used to interacting with one another. Um, is there something, you know, not maybe just your family, but other families that you've noticed a, a pattern that they've experienced or something so that families out there know that they're not alone? Oh, yes. Thank you, Pastor. There's there's so much of that, right? So we all kind of got stalled out from spring break, never really mm-hmm. went back after spring break. Yeah, thank you. And then there was kind of a downward slope of attention. Then the summer, so you have the learning regression. Uh, John never got to do that. Poor kid. Um, (laughs) um, You would not want me to be, if you were a kid, you would not want me to be your mother. And then we start back up. And so we go back to motivation and behavior balanced out with academic discipline and boundaries. So please note all of you that are struggling at home and, and those of you that made the decision to stay online compared to those that made a decision to not. Be at peace with your choice. Yes. You actually have another blink, another look at nine weeks, but be at peace with what you've chosen for your family. Thank now, you. I did let John vote, and I was fine. He got on the bus first day today. <laughs> Tired of the mom bus. Couldn't Same. He said, I am so happy to be on the bus, mom, <laughs> with his mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yes, lots of pressures at home and the the, the things that can happen behind closed doors mm. with all that's been going on. Um, a, a lot of the team here at the church and I and many of us in the community, we're on the uh, a community-wide behavioral health and suicide prevention yes. team. So there's a lot of overla- overlapping resources mm-hmm. trying to reach out and help. 
please know that you are so not alone. You may feel like it, but if you can just overcome that need to be perfect, then join me (laughs) um, in a positive (laughs) post, right? Uh, Or just go lurk at what I post about for John. And there's nothing there that he's going to be shamed about when he is an adult. But we share the vulnerability, the the, the down decisions, the up decisions. And the the hero of it all is the the decision, the motivation. Mm, Where are we going with with where with the decisions and how can we help support that? Mm-hmm. So please know that um, everybody feels the same way you do. They really do. That maybe we're just afraid to be vulnerable like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you'd be surprised. Once I say my how I'm so not perfect, <laughs> it's like a gusher. Everybody's like happy to pile on. It's just yes. it's hard to be the first person to say I am not perfect. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And you know I'd never heard um, kind of the phrasing of. Um, of special needs SIBs, like, but while I was, you know, since our conversations and online and things like that, like, I think it's a wonderful idea because, you know, you think about the attention that you maybe have to give to a child with some learning differences, and then siblings may feel like they have to help. As an oldest child, I bet you had to feel like that anyway, right, as a second parent. So, I mean, tell me some of the things that over the years you've found that have been super helpful, um, that have kind of gave, given you extra motivation to keep going um, as you've supported and cared for um, SIBs. Yes. So how it came about years ago, about six or seven years ago, uh, someone said, uh, we were with the networking group, they wanted a community outreach. And I said, oh, well, I know a group that's not, I don't know any other support for them. So and that was the siblings in a special needs family. Mm-hmm. And those are the neurotypicals, usually the grown up too fast, the old Thank souls. You that uh, are just um, peacemakers or pleasers. Mm -hmm. And there is a codependent cost to pay as time goes by, survivor syndrome, or just all kinds of things that can happen. Um, Trying to be the grown-up parent, uh, but secretly in your heart of hearts wishing you could get mom and dad's attention, right? So sometimes you see mirroring behaviors where you will start to mirror what your sibling does stemming or whatever else, because you, you just want that attention, right? Mm-hmm. So um, as so as years went by, then somebody said, hey, you should make that a nonprofit. And then somebody else said, oh, hey, you should do that. And so our projects, Pastor, have grown about, grown because somebody said, hey, somebody should do that. And so I'm looking around, and I'm thinking, okay. <laughs> Who, who's that person? Who's somebody, you know? <laughs> And you see a mirror, and, and you're I like, say, oh, oh, no. Man. Because it's, it's kind of, they're like gifts from the angels. If, if you're given a job, and it flops in your lap, and you say, hmm, I think I'll pass. Well, they're going to take it down the road, right? Yeah. So it's like, okay, somebody, here we are. And as it's grown, we every year take them fishing. So it's a dichotomy, yeah. back to okay. your question, you. in yeah. the families, a dichotomy of I'm ashamed of, my sib- I'm ashamed of myself for feeling selfish. Mm, and I'm, the other half is I'm ashamed of my sibling for making me feel embarrassed all the time. Mm-hmm. So it's a real yin-yang. There's a yeah. lot of psychology there. So, and we just we're not we're really soft on the on the counseling. We don't we're not providers. Right. I, I've studied all that. We have a little back when we did our events. Like say we do a birthday party, uh, annual fishing, and then we do a hot dog weenie roast, and then we do some kind of a soft counseling event. I'd bring arts and crafts. We'd sit around mm-hmm. a table, and then yeah. we'd have some kind of a theme, and we gently guide them through it. But it was. It was, it was never anything other than what would you like to share? Right. Well, and ultimately getting like minds, like experiences together so yes. that we can feel, once again, not isolated. Yes. We can feel like we have a support system. And we can look across the table and say, your, your situation may be different from mine, but there's a lot of similarities here. 
And that I can say, man, when when you have a victory, I have a victory. Yes. And vice versa. And so well, they're no different than we adults. They mm-hmm. want to know theirs is not the only family with Thank that you. kind of duress. It's true. It's true. And friends, when we wake up, all, all of you sitting there right right now, waiting to pick up your kiddos in the carpool, like we all got a little dysfunction in our family, right? We all have things that we have to work out. Um, some of that is a hundred percent our fault, and friends, some of it, a hundred percent of it, is not your fault at all. Um, so when we can find ways to forgive and grow through it, mm-hmm. we can find ways to learn from it and to see that the world um, is better when we have Jesus in it and that we can be a light no matter what our past is. It really is beautiful. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about um, about internships, about youth advisory boards. Um, I, I was just blown away with the fact that you've made sure that you have some really, really wonderful voices and opportunities for people to grow kind of inside. Let's get sorted. So can you can you share a little bit more about that? Sure, absolutely. So we are, I'm so happy that I can say we have interns from Sam Houston State University Yay! College of Public Health. And so this is our third or fourth year. Okay. Uh, they have a process to, to get connected with us. And we typically attract the ones that have some kind of skin in the game. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. For for building their own platform. So we we support our, uh, I bring them to our Zoom meetings. Uh, we support them with their LinkedIn. We help them build their own platform. We find out what their goals are, what their classroom burdens are. We Thank figure you. out some kind of a win, win, win. If they yes. need to do a research project, I say, okay, let's figure out how you can take that content work with us on a presenting a workshop. I can we can take photographs of you. You can build up your platform, your LinkedIn, so that when you go to a job job interview, mm-hmm. they say, what have you done? You got something more than a sheet of paper, right? Yes. Um, so that's a cool thing. Uh, many of our families, as the children have grown up, they've uh, been able to grow into our Presidential Volunteer Service Award hours program. Okay. Yes, thank you. And one of our parents has grabbed that and ran with it. So we're about to make an award um, this last year, over 1,100 hours wow. by kids recognized by the U.S. government at like 12 bucks an hour. Oh, like, that's enormous. Yes. And yes. Um, for a mere $70, I could buy all these little awards. <laughs> you know? And so get a chance to help as we pass them out. I'm working on a little videotape of the, uh, or I mean, a video of, mm. of just giving back. It's like a news release, but helping these kids get, everybody likes a little bit of recognition, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. And at the same time, they're giving so many of their hours. We do have youth advisors on our board of directors. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to make sure that we, uh, we've had some, uh, some veterans, uh, older interns, younger interns. It's always about the diversity, Pastor, mm-hmm. you know. Um, I, I, and, and this is an era where, uh, as an ally, I really am an ally as a parent um, for both of my kids. And so that's where we're headed. Yeah. I, if we keep, um, if we keep it real and keep the, them included, we just build a better, a better team, a better understanding, a better everything. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. So, kind of, kind of a fun closing story. I know you know we're close to time, but we're you know we're going to take our liberty today. So, so tell me a little bit about your conversation with the Willis Constables, Neurodiversity, and Emergency Game. Can we get it done in three minutes? Sure, you betcha. <laughs> okay. So for many years, parents in my situation have always worried about the tasers and the handcuffs. Mm, Their kids you. being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Thank you. What happens when we're not 24-7 and back to risk-taking? I don't want to be 24-7 on, right? That's I want correct. John off doing his own thing. Yes. And someday living independently. 
So how do we train our kids if they're a little slower in the processing? Let's say their receptive language is a little slower, auditory processing is a bit off, they lack expressive language for all the aspects of developmental delay. It is a real thing. And it can be perceived as something nefarious, something wrong in the world. They're not, just like cerebral palsy, doesn't mean that you're high on drugs. You're That's just correct. cerebral palsy. Yes. yes. <laughs> but you, but if you're in a quick life or death situation as a first responder, it's you don't always have time to take a long eval, right? Mm -hmm. And they also have that 15-foot thing that if you come within 15 foot, they're going to be in a disabled mode, right? Because it's their personal safety and their families. So as the years went by, I always kept business cards. I would collect them. And then I started we started to get traction when I realized, let's not make it about me, them, us, us teaching them. Ooh, if we change it around and say, okay, you all come to our forum mm -hmm. and you bring your best five minutes updates from all of your teams. Let's build a place. And Zoom has been a beautiful tool. Mm -hmm. We were face-to-face -face, and now we've gone to Zoom, but now it's international. So there is a silver lining. There is a Romans yes. 828 to this whole thing. Yes. Um, so as we bring together all of the, the people that have some kind of skin in the game in neurodiversity, mental health awareness, first responders, that could include, um, we had some black belts that came in and looked at a different way, offered some different ways of grabbing and holding and instead you. of a constraint where it accelerated. How can we just kind of decelerate, Thank use you. gravity, use a soft voice and de-escalate? Thank you. All right. And then back to the emergency game and then the chance to speak. Um, so I got a, a, an invitation, and I'm always going to say yes. <laughs> and it turned out to be on Zoom, which was okay. And I went lickety-split for two hours, if you can imagine. I mean, I talk almost as fast <laughs> as Pastor McLean does. <laughs> I do talk on a phone. He has me beat, I admit. <laughs> I, I will defer. And um, so I, I, they wanted IDD, and I hate saying IDD. I want to say neurodiversity, learning differences. Okay, special needs. Okay, or just um, whatever it is that is processing at a different rate. Yes. So we covered basics, and then we covered non-basics, and then they took a little break and caught their breath, and then we <laughs> launched into what I've been calling the emergency game. Okay. So um, if we make it playful and mm -hmm. teach our kids who lack the neural pathways to get fluid enough in muscle memory and in, in their reactions to build the neural pathways they will they may need someday when it really is code red. Thank you. But let's make it in a playful mode so we don't need to all get up tight and, 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 and make the vagus nervous system in such a frenzy that they can't concentrate. Thank you. Because you need to be in a calm, teachable state for any kind of learning to be absorbed, right? Yes. Okay. So... I've just been saving pictures, saving slides. I've put it together. It's about an hour long, hour and a half long presentation. I've given it three or four times, doing it again. Um, for we teachers, parents, to do our half of the training. So as first responders in these current days are learning how to approach in a different way, to read different signals, we on the other side of the table owe it to them mm -hmm. to do our half of the training, uh, our half of the you. prepping, right? Yeah, so for you. all the Johns of this world, he needs to understand if he hears an Amber Alert, what does that mean? Is it mm -hmm. real? Is it imaginary? Here's a siren. Is it a real one or, or playful? Um, as a silly example, when I want him to hustle, and sometimes our kids of developmental delay do not know what hustle means. <laughs> Move it, dude. Come on. So he'll be upstairs lollygagging, and I'll go, emergency, John, emergency. He'll come running down the stairs, and he'll come up to me kind of laughing, and he'll say, 
Mom, I don't think that was a real emergency. <laughs> and I said, no, you're right, it's not. So crying wolf compared to crying fire, or if you're trying to attract attention or you're trying not to attract attention mm. or you're fallen and you can't get up or your mom is bleeding or whatever the case may be, how do they know how to react? In in many different directions. Every time I come across something, I'm saving the picture, making some more pages in the in the curriculum. So the idea is a playful approach toward emergencies in the wrong place at the wrong time, escaping entrapment, um, avoiding being in the wrong gang. Mm, you. If you're in uh, road rage, how can yes. we not do road rage? If you should not be driving, please no, do not drive. <laughs> Because you can be um, under the influence of not a drug, but just a, a not good mental process, and you can be in the slammer faster than you know what to do. And now you've got a record, mm -hmm. and it's a court. That's it's right. a court thing. Mm -hmm. So there's a very, there can be very severe unintended consequences. So the game is um, on the front end mm -hmm. to make it silly, playful, so we can talk about it and we can discuss good idea, not good idea. Um, add this, don't add that. And so in talking with the first responders, I, we were too far apart to really get the kind of feedback of I hope to someday. Um, but the idea is just get everybody ready without the duress. So the, as I said, back to the vagus nervous system, so that when it really is um, code red, we know what to do. Fire drills. Fire drills are an emergency game. They are. They are. This, is, um, this has been so, so fruitful for me because... I think that you've laid out these beautiful building blocks that families really can stand on and have a beautiful foundation to see their kiddo come forward, kind of be able to differentiate, if we want to use a psychological term, right? Start to really differentiate um, so that we can set our kiddos up for success moving forward. Um, but I think I think you hit it right on the head when you said that we have to make sure that that we, as parents, as leaders, as guardians— as caregivers are are secure in ourselves so that he didn't say it so that we don't mow every obstacle down but that we can walk alongside while our kiddo makes it over around through navigates the obstacle so that they can learn build confidence we identify motivators so that we say oh this is what motivates my child to move us um, into a place where we're ready to be calm and learn and engage and then we, we as, um, as caregivers, teachers, we have to make sure that our kiddos move into a place um, where they are ready to learn and that they're ready to learn about some real-life systems that they're going to have to navigate and engage as they continue to live this beautiful thing we call life. Beautifully said. Um, uh, guide on the side. Thank not, you. Not a sage on the stage. Thank right? you. And um, so not a snowplow parent, not yes. a uh, helicopter parent, not a lawnmower parent. You know what I call them? Napalm parents. I've never said that. I'm just kidding. Yeah. Friends, well, just, I'm joking out there. I'm I just joking. heard elk parent and moose parent. So, <laughs> elk parent. Yeah, yeah, one is abandoned. The other one is standing by. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's right. Because, and, and you would say this too, Pastor, is that, we know that it's not about us, and we know that it's about the kids because God doesn't make mistakes. Amen. Yes. Right? And so every time I approach, especially the preschool uh, uh, systems within the, like, UMC system, and, or when I know that they're uh, a spiritual group of people, I said, y'all know this. And I have a slide that says it. We know that our kids are here to teach us something. They yes. are not God. God doesn't make a mistake. Yes. He just doesn't. We just have to help them find their purpose. Mm, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. 
Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for your oh, time today. Oh, I love this. This is great. <laughs> it's, it really is a blessing. So, friends, please don't miss out on the beautiful resources that can be found at GetItSorted.com. Um, on our way out today, please make sure to send a text to a friend before you pick your kid up and tell them about the Carpool Parenting Podcast and bid them welcome to the carpool. Don't forget, it's also our hashtag. Remember um, to remind them that they can join the carpool by checking us out on iTunes, Spotify, the website, the Woodlands UMC, or under the children or messaging tab. So friends, we love y'all. We've missed y'all. We're super glad to be back. Welcome to the carpool. Bye for now. If you would like more information on anything you've heard in this podcast, please drop us a note at carpoolpodcast at twumc.org. You can also find us online at thewoodlandsumc.org slash children.